Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Why does making friends as an adult feel so What hard? should I wear on a first date? What the date? hell is a form of But that Why is was not good. So what do I want my life to look like in five years? We, we want to know too. Since 2012, the Every Girl has been an online destination to help women around the world achieve the life of their dreams. Now, we're excited to bring you the same inspiring content with the Every Girl Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Every Girl Podcast. It's Josie here, and happy Thanksgiving week. I literally cannot believe we are here already. It feels like I just put away my shorts and sundresses, but I and leaning into it, you guys. I already have my Christmas tree up. Holiday music is playing on repeat. Specifically, All I Want for Christmas is You, both the Mariah Carey and Michael Bublé version. So we are all in. I do not want to hear it that it's too early. I do not need that kind of negativity in my life. Thank you very much. Anyway, for the holiday week, we have a very special episode for you. I am joined by three amazing women who are my coworkers and friends. There are other members of the Evergirl team, and we have a very fascinating conversation all about pressures during the holidays, how we stay calm this time of year, our favorite traditions, how the holidays change as you grow up. I mean, we literally cover so much, and this conversation goes all over. It really does feel like you're getting to join us for a happy hour after work, maybe over some mold wine. Side note, I do not know what mold wine is, but I feel like it's festive. So I think you guys are really going to love this one. I certainly love recording it. Let's dive into my conversation with some every girls. This week's review comes from I Love Keen who writes, this is my favorite podcast ever. I've been listening since it launched and I'm always blown away by every new episode. I find myself looking forward to Tuesdays now. Before this podcast launched, I was always looking for a podcast that was inspiring and interesting, but could never find anything that truly clicked. This really is the podcast I've been searching for. The guests are so inspirational and I love the conversations they bring. Keep it up, The Every Girl. Thank you so much. I love Keen. Please do not forget to DM us at The Every Girl Podcast on Instagram to collect your Brightland products. For this week's giveaway, we have Glossier's Skincare Edit Gift Set, one of my favorite gifts from the Beauty Expert Gift Guide on theevergirl.com. It is certainly on my list. This set includes their Viral Milk Cleanser, Serum, Moisturizer, Oil, and their Viral Balm.com in two colors. It is an entire skincare routine, all in travel sizes, so you can take your glow on the go. Plus, you'll get a pink Spanx headband that's so cute. It's ideal for washing your face. All you need to do to win is leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts to tell us what you loved about this episode. Now let's get into it. Welcome everyone to our happy hour chat about all things holiday. My voice is scratchy because we just had a big office retreat in Chicago for the Every Girl editorial team. So my voice is a little scratchy today. We did have quite a lot of wine last night, but I am so excited to talk to you guys, hear from you guys. We have three amazing team members here with us that I cannot wait for our audience to hear everything you guys have to say. So let's go ahead and start with everyone introducing yourself. Like you can say, you know, your job title, your name, where you live, maybe like a Zodiac sign or Enneagram. I know Andy's going to go off on that. And then also give us like a little bit of context about you. Um, Maybe if you live with a pet, if you live with a roommate, if you have kids, give us the whole spiel on who you are. And let's start with Andy. Hello, (laughs) I am Andy. I'm based in Los Angeles and I am the social media coordinator here at The Every Girl. I am a Capricorn and my birthday is actually two days before Christmas. So I have a lot of stories around the holidays and what that means for me being two days before Christmas. Oh my God, that's right. It's like your biggest season of your life. 
basically. Birthday yeah, I was Christmas. the Christmas miracle. You are the, the Christmas, Christmas miracle. miracle. You were the present. 100%. I was. I tell my mom that every year. I was the greatest <laughs> gift of all. Merry Christmas, mom. That either means that nowadays you get a lot of extra presents or you don't get enough presents with your birthday being that close to Christmas. Oh, I'm going to talk about it. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a lot to unpack there. A lot of... Uh, There's a, a lot to unpack. Yeah. A lot to unpack. Okay, Julia, go next. Hi, um, I am Julia. I am the Every Mom's Managing Editor. I live with my husband, uh, Matt, in downtown Chicago. I am a Gemini. My toxic trait is that I cannot, for the life of me, remember my Enneagram number. I've taken the (laughs) test 14 times and I can never remember which number I am. So I don't know what my Enneagram is, but I don't know. But Gemini. I feel like Gemini is all you need to know. That's what the people tell me. I don't know. Do you feel true to Gemini? For a while, I didn't know if I did, but people always told me like, oh yeah, you're a Gemini. That tracks. Like that makes sense. So I guess, I don't know, maybe I'm not as self-aware as I think I am. Julia, I think Geminis get a bad rep and maybe we can dive into that today. Maybe not, but they have (laughs) a bad rep. So we might have to do a whole other Zodiac episode where Andy can tell me all about that. I think that Gemini's identify, you would probably know Andy with being like indecisive and that I, I feel I am very indecisive, but. I know there really, there's like so much to of like, do you feel shame from your Gemini? Like, are you, are you basically like Zodiac shamed? That's really interesting. I do. I agree. I, I have so many Gemini's that I love you being one of them. So I love a good Gemini. Thank you. Okay. And last but not least, Steph. All right. Hi, everyone. I'm Steph. I am the branded content editor for The Every Mom. Um, I am the mom on the call right here. I have two little kids. I have a son named Theo and a daughter named uh, Sophia. I'm a Sagittarius. And I think I've told you guys this story, but I'm a Sagittarius. My son is a Leo and my daughter is an Aries. So we are the fire trinity all in one house. And my poor Virgo husband has to endure all of it. So what is that energy like? Is it like a lot of like fire, excitement? Excitement is one word. (laughs) I would maybe use intensity as another word, as a more accurate word. Me and Theo like butt heads all the time. I mean, all the time. Sophia's a little too young. She was like born this year. So I don't know yet. She's too new for me to know for sure. But yeah, me and Theo, sometimes it's like staring into a mirror and I'm like, what have I created? <laughs> I was going to use the word passion. Passion. Passion's a good one. Yeah, a lot of passion in the house. <laughs> no, and don't they say too that like when you're the most similar to your kids is when you fight the most? Oh yeah, for sure. My dad was a Sagittarius and that's 100% a fact. So I was very nervous to have fire kids. Actually, Theo wasn't even supposed to be a fire sign. He was supposed to be a cancer. So... The fact that he became a Leo is is a testament to who he is as a kid. That whole thing is like, I feel like that's like a phenomenon, like what your due date is and like what you're expecting based on the Zodiac sign. And then like those little, those little ones just, you know, are born Mm -hmm. when they're supposed to be born. And it tends to match up to the personality that they end up having. No, absolutely. I feel like almost having a cancer in the house against two fire signs, it's probably for the best that it didn't pan out that way. Why is that? Cancers are very like in tune with people's emotions. They tend to be more on the sensitive side. And I think, I don't know, you kind of meet your match when you have a lot of fire energy in the house. That's a lot of chaos, but like fun chaos, you know? I can't, I, I, I'm sure there's, yeah, I'm sure there's never a dull moment in your house, I'm assuming. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so now knowing all of the, the passion going on in Steph's house, which also sounds fun. And you also have the cutest children of all time. Like, so I just can imagine a little fiery thing. So let's get into holiday traditions because now I want to know for your little Sagittarius babies, what are the traditions that you like that you've kind of like started with your kids? Were there any that you took from when you were little? Like, I want to hear from you, Steph, on what as a mom 
you have made sure to implement for your family, for your holiday traditions? So I have a pretty interesting ethnic uh, blend in my home. We have blended families on both sides. Me and my husband come from parents of divorce and like remarriage and all of that. So we're blending together Puerto Rican culture, Mexican culture, Italian culture, Cuban culture, like all in one house. And whenever we started dating and like having holiday traditions together where I would go to his house or he would come to mine, um, we started learning a lot about what one house does, what the other house does, and what we want to do when we have kids. So we made like a very conscious choice. Okay, these are traditions that we're going to pass down. One of them for me, um, I'm part Italian. So on my dad's side, my grandfather is Italian or was Italian American. And he would bake Italian Christmas cookies um, every Christmas. And it's something that his wife, my grandmother, would do um, for her kids and and would do for me, her grandkids. And it's something that she keeps sending me now. (laughs) She lives in Puerto Rico. But um, yeah, she sends me Italian Christmas cookies every year. And it's something that I really want to learn. I'm a terrible baker. Like I've tried before, but they just do not turn out the same. (laughs) But I'm determined. (laughs) I'm determined to continue it. I can cook okay, but baking, it just eludes me. I don't know what it is. It always tastes like the ingredients and never the final result. It's literally like a science. Like if you are short butter or like if you put a little bit too much flour, like it changes the entire product. It's crazy. I'm with you, Steph. I am like a terrible baker, but I do. I love to cook. So I'm a really good cook. Yeah, they're, they're very different. Julia, I feel like you'd be a yeah. really great baker. Oh, Josie, that is the nicest thing you've ever said to me because <laughs> absolutely not. I am what? not a good baker. Like what you were saying, Andy, it's, what do they say? Cooking is an, cooking is an art, but baking is a science. And I feel like you, Steph, I mean, we all are kind of creative with what we do with work. So I feel like I subscribe more maybe to the creative, creative side. I like cooking. I'm getting better at it. But baking truly is a science. Like Andy said, like you have to be really precise with your measurements and stuff. Otherwise things get wonky fast. It's funny during COVID and kind of stay at home time, my husband, who is an engineer and very science, like the opposite of me to my like creative um, kind of writing strengths, he just while we were home was like, I think I'll make a pie. And he had never made a pie in his life. And he made like an apple pie. And it was, I have pictures of it. I'll have to show you sometime. It was the most perfect looking store-bought pie you've ever seen in your life. And the problem with making a pie and being good at once is now like my family, his family, everyone we know was like, oh, Matt, like make a pie. Bring us a pie. pie guy. That's the pie guy, apparently. But he makes very precise, like he'll do the lattice crust, the whole thing. And I think it's because his mind is way more like left brain, right brain, he is way like science and math based and it works out really well with baking. Whereas I'm just like a little of this, a little of that. And it like yeah. is a mess. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if that like, if there's like a, you know, like a pipeline to that, the like engineer to good baker pipeline. Like, <laughs> engineer to baker pipeline. <laughs> we need to go back to like great British baking show or some show and be like, what are your day jobs? And I yeah. wonder if people are like computer, <laughs> like data analysts, like scientists in school. Like, yeah, Yeah. there's gotta be a pipeline. I think that we're onto something. I also, Julia, just want to say like, who is this unicorn man that bakes pies? Like I, (laughs) I'm, this makes me see Matt in a whole new light. Wow. (laughs) How do you find yourself a pie baker? (laughs) I don't know. I wish I had advice because I have to tell you when I met him in college, he was making like chicken patties five days a week. Like that kid <laughs> could not cook, was making nothing. So when I met him, he, that was not his strength, but I don't know. Over time, I think he is one of those people that like, he is just good at like kind of anything, everything. Like he'll just try something new and be instantly good at it. Whereas like, I don't feel like I'm like that at all. <laughs> like He is just very precise with things. And I am just a little more free flowing in my thoughts and actions. And yeah, he just, he tried something new and he likes it. It's funny though, because now that he made that pie or has made several now, people literally are like, bring a pie. And he's like, okay, I don't want to be the pie guy. Like I did it once is <laughs> like an at home activity and it like turned out well. <laughs> he was like, that's super nice. But like, cause like now we're going to, um, we're going to my family for Thanksgiving. And my mom's like, how many pies is Matt baking? And I'm like, we're <laughs> flying. Like, how are we bringing these pies? <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I love it. That's like a PSA. Careful what you're bringing to the holidays because like you could be that person. That becomes your brand. He's the pie guy, whether he likes it or not. No, I know. And I'm I'm curious too, Julia, because I know like Steph was talking about like blending, you know, when you meet your husband and then you start talking about like, what do we want our holidays to look like as a family? Like I would love for both of you too, if, if Steph, you have like more of that process, like, is that really hard? Because I'm still at the point with my boyfriend where like, we're still doing separate. I'm like, we love our family holidays. So, so like, is it hard when you're blending and like having to combine, like, how do you do that? It is honestly. And it, the only reason it is, I will say is just because there's multiple family events going on for the holidays. His family is very big on like the holiday traditions, celebrating on Christmas Eve, like getting together for parties, like all of that. And my family was is very small here in the United States because most of my family is in Puerto Rico. So usually we would just like go to his house and like do what he was doing. But since we've had our own kids and now that more of my family has migrated to the States, I've kind of wanted to do my own thing. Um, so that's been kind of discourse a little bit with his family is like me wanting to do things in my house now that we have our own home and we have our own kids. And then his family like, but wait, we're usually like, you know, Grand Central for holidays over here. So we've had to divide things up. We've kind of had to compromise. Like I have a lunch on Thanksgiving and then they have dinner. So basically we just have to learn how to eat a lot and eat twice. Have any like fights happened from your in-laws or from your family? Like, was there any like, do you feel like it was kind of a seamless compromising over the years? It wasn't seamless. No. (laughs) Whenever we were younger, because Frankie and I met when we were 15 and 16. So it was very much like, okay, we'll just go do what the adults like want us to do because we were kids, obviously. But as we've gotten older and starting our own home and everything, it hasn't been seamless. There has been not fights because, you know, passive aggressive families sometimes, but um, (laughs) it's been like more so like certain comments here and there or like invitations that'll align at a certain time that they know I can't certainly make or my family can't really make. So it's been kind of like that sort of thing. I hope they're not listening to this, but it's something that we've like worked out over the years where it's like, okay, okay, fine. Steph and Frankie are going to have their own thing. It's understood. It's been many years now, about three to four years of us doing our own thing and then meeting up with them later where they've just kind of gotten used to it. But I'm the kind of person that like, I put my foot down. When I don't want to do something, I'm not going to do something. So I think it's um, perhaps a good thing. Maybe, hopefully, we'll see. I mean, they've they've gotten used to it now. So I'm going to say it's a good thing. Yeah, I feel like it's good that you're able to like, speak up and do what's best for you, especially now that you guys have kids stuff. Like sometimes I feel like in my situation, so Matt and I have been married for like three and a half years almost now. And I almost, I I feel like one day when we have kids, like it'll almost make things a little more complicated in like a very fun and awesome way because then there's like, you know, grandchildren and the grandparents all want time and that whole thing. But in a way it's almost like, now that you have kids, do you feel like it's easier for you to be like, nope, like we're a family unit. This is what's best for us. This is what we're doing. Because sometimes I feel like Matt and I, even though we're married and we don't have kids yet, like it's hard to transition. And I feel like this is what you were kind of saying before, Josie, with your boyfriend. It's hard to transition from like being two adults who like come from individual families to then being like a unit together. And I think the longer I'm married, the more we feel like our own family unit as, you know, a a couple, regardless of having kids or not. And plenty of people don't have kids and they're definitely their own family. But it's, I don't know, it's hard to juggle families and different expectations. And I'm a people pleaser. So I like don't, you know, I want to spend time with everyone and I want everyone, you know, to be happy with what we choose. So I, I give you a lot of credit, Steph, is my long, long story short of being able to like do what's best for you guys and speak up about it and just be okay with that. No, Julie, you're right because it is difficult. It's difficult when you want to please everybody, but the thing is that you can't. That's literally impossible. You're never going to please every single person in your family. And when you have kids, things become prioritized a lot faster. So when it comes to appeasing other people, when you have children and little kids to worry about and their safety and all of these different things, their bedtimes, most importantly to me personally, is that becomes more important. 
and other people's opinions just fall to the wayside for me. So that's what I've learned. I mean, and it gets people's emotions do get heightened whenever you have kids because they want to see the kids, right? But the fact of the matter is it's my kid. So you're going to see the kid when I let you see the kid. That's it. But I mean, obviously I say it a lot nicer. But when it becomes like about like, who's going to get to see who, who do I get to spend time with? Like, and it becomes like a whole stress thing. It's like, that completely takes away from like the point of the holidays, which is like just supposed to be pure and magical, especially for the kids. Christmas and stuff was like my fondest memories, like my most cherished memories, you know? So it's like you lose like touch of like what the entire point of like the holidays supposed to be about. So it's good that you like, you put your foot down stuff. I love that. Yeah. And Andy, for you, like, are you going to go back to New York for Christmas this year? I'm going back and forth. I'm thinking about it. I think I will. Um, just because Thanksgiving I'm, I'll spend here. I have cousins out here um, in California and I usually see them. And then also I always do like a Friendsgiving. Thanksgiving is like my favorite holiday in the whole world. So I have to celebrate. Okay. You're a Thanksgiving girl. I'm a Thanksgiving girl. And like, I just, I know a lot of people that like don't love Thanksgiving, but uh, like I'm like Blair Waldorf when it comes to it. Like I love Thanksgiving. What do you love about it? Can you explain to me? Like, what are your favorite things? It's just like the food. <laughs> the food. You like turkey, Andy? I do. I'll eat turkey. Um, but I just, I love like, it's like the perfect weather, I think, because it's like not winter yet, but, and it's like cold and crisp. Um, I love watching the Macy's Day Parade, like while my mom is cooking. I haven't spent Thanksgiving with my family, like my immediate family, in like like since before college. So I've always tried to like make it something really special when I'm out here in LA. And I have like the best friends in the world, so like we really do it. But yeah, I just like love just like just the camaraderie of it all, like cooking together and just like I don't know. It feels so there's so much buildup and then you eat and then you're, and then no one speaks for like an hour <laughs> and then you go back. For you're in the coma. And it feels like, yeah, you're in a little bit of a coma and then you like hop back into it. But I don't know. There's just like something about it that I like, I love so much, but yeah, I, I think I'll go home for, um, for Christmas, see my family. I think I'll be out in New York for a bit. I feel like my parents too, they're, so I have like an older sister and a younger brother and my parents did the whole thing. Like we decorated inside and outside the house, the, you know, gifts were wrapped under the, under the tree. And they've just like, now that we're older, they're like, Oh, well, we don't need to do that stuff anymore. Like you guys know, like if you want the house decorated, go do it. And we're like, wait, what? Like, no. Yeah. They're, they're like, like, you guys don't need that anymore. Like, that was for one of your kids. And I'm like, no, like we're healing our inner child. Like we still need it. <laughs> we still want it. I feel like we're all like a little bit too young to probably understand where like all of our moms are collecti- collectively coming from, where I feel like they reach a certain point where they're like, I'm tired. I have been decorating, cooking, hosting, buying gifts, making the holiday magic for like 50 years. Like, totally. when are you guys going to do it? Because totally. my parents are the same way, Andy. <laughs> I mean, not totally, but my mom's just like, let's go away. Like, let's do something different this year. Like, it's so magical and so fun. But if you're the one always creating that magic, you're at the beginning of it, Steph, with the little kid magic. So it's probably all fun, but it is a lot of work. It's a lot of, I mean, I can't imagine. Like, my mom was really out here up early baking, cooking, decorating inside and outside. Like I, it was a whole thing. So, but I don't know, like that seems fun to me. Like, I don't know. I just, (laughs) after a while, like when I was like 13, 14, like I would grab my brother and I'm like, let's go. Like we're, let's pull out the Christmas lights. We are climbing this tree. We've got to to decorate. (laughs) But now for me, Christmas is just like more about seeing my family, the quality time presents, you know, I'm never going to turn down a present, but like, it's not a whole production like it used to be. So it's a little bit more laid back. Okay. I'm really curious about this because I like love Christmas more than anything. I would live in Whoville if I could like big Christmas girl. I was 12 years old and I still believe in Santa Claus. And I remember like my teacher, like making a joke about like, Oh, Santa Claus isn't real. Ha ha. And all the other kids are like, ha ha. I'm like, what? And it like rattled. No, not the teacher. <laughs> the teacher. And I was 12 years old. So at 12? Just, at 12. I think at that point, everyone's like, 
are you okay that you still believe in Santa and you're 12? I think I believed I was a freshman in high school. I'm not even kidding. But just because if if someone's going to come bring me a Barbie, I'm not going to question it. Like, bring me the Barbie. I'm not going to look into it. Like, I accept. After that, I was like, it like changed because you're, I don't know. It's like the magic is different, right? Like, that was like the first of like growing up. Like, Christmas as a child is a very different experience than now as an adult. So I would love what you guys think. For you, when was the point that it started shifting? Like you're saying, Julia, from... I'm the child that gets to show up and my mom makes this magic for me to now like w- the point is just to be together. And now I'm the one making magic for like, for my kids, like you stuff, like when does that change for you? And was that a hard thing for you? Like, it, like it was for me, clearly. I'm curious <laughs> when that happened for you guys. Cause for me, it was a big thing. I feel like for me, it was like when like post-college, when I was like, an adult, I guess, working like in the working world, because I feel like the holidays when you, when you're like a kid through high school, you know, the magic is there. It's family time. It's so special. Not to say that it isn't special now, but then I remember for me, when I went to college, it was like the holidays were so wonderful because they were like a reprieve from being in college and studying. And they were, it was a break. You got to go home for Thanksgiving or you could do Thanksgiving with friends or whatever, but like schoolwork went to the side for a couple of days. I mean, if you had a long winter break, that was nice and relaxing. I mean, we were just talking in the office the other day. It's the older I get, I'm 30, but the, so I'm, I'm not old. I don't feel old, but the older I get, the more I'm like, wait, how long do kids get off? Like in elementary school for Christmas? Like, are they off like a week, two weeks, a month? It's like, I did not appreciate in college getting a month long winter break. Now I'm like, Dang, that was great. Right. And I did not appreciate it at the time. That is so true, Julia. I I feel like it just went by so fast. And I feel like I I was so concerned about like seeing everyone, going to all like my favorite like hometown spots and not just like just even the time to like just sit (laughs) and not have to like do homework. Like, ugh. But now we I mean (laughs) I just I wish we had that still. Yeah. I feel the same way about like summer break. I'm like, we used to have a whole summer off. Like what? That's crazy. Crazy. Yeah. But I feel like post-college for me, like you enter the working world, you know, you realize that like adults, even our parents who are making all this holiday magic, it's like, wow, they're working up until like, you know, maybe the Friday before Christmas, if it's on a weekend or whatever, like they're doing all this while still working nine to five, like carrying on the household, doing all these normal life things. It's busy. It's a lot. So I feel like when I you know, was just like in my mid twenties, late twenties, I start like the Christmas magic. It's still wonderful. It is wonderful family time. Like there was a part of the Christmas magic that like went away from my child, you know, from our childhoods. And I'm like, I'm really looking forward to having kids of my own one day, or even having like kids. We don't really have any little kids in my family or on my husband's side yet. But I just think like being able to like get back into those like really magical, wonderful, like seeing Christmas through a little one's eyes. Like I'm looking forward to that because there is such just like whimsy and wonder and like awesomeness about that. And then when you grow up and you're like, oh, <laughs> it's, you know, you know who's making all this magic? My parents, my mom. And like Target. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm an adult who once had a small mental breakdown and on the second floor of Macy's in downtown Chicago, trying to figure out what to buy my mom for Christmas one year, like literally on Christmas Eve, you realize it's not all perfect. What I will say is I remember the first time like years ago that I came across the every girl <laughs> and something that I always say to like Jessica and Keeley is that like when we're like planning for like, you know, the upcoming months, when I think of the every girl, I think of the holidays, like, the way that even before I started working here, like we really do it and it's so cool and so amazing. And so like all the little like lists of Christmas movies or Christmas episodes or holiday, this and that, I save everything. The tech backgrounds, like to Julia's point, I feel like I lost that Christmas magic, that Christmas spirit, like as I got older, but I slowly have started to get it back ever since I found the every girl because we really do it. The gift guide is so beautiful. The tech backgrounds, like everything is, it makes me even like being on this end now where I'm like planning the content, like it's so fun. And I feel like I like get that spirit back. 
So, Andy, what Andy, an amazing beautiful. <laughs> that was gorgeous. I know, yeah. right? Oh God, I promise. <laughs> everyone, listen, I did not make Andy say that. I did not prep you in advance for that. That was beautiful. I'm not a paid actor, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so, it's so, so true. We love our holidays here at The Every Girl. Steph, I'm so curious. Like, you're the one with kids. Is it like a whole different experience, like when you're creating the magic for them? Yes. So, I will start by saying that I never believed in Santa Claus. I know, strange. I don't know if it's because like maybe on, in Puerto Rico, it's just like not a really big thing. And I was born there and like my whole family's from there. So my mom from the very beginning was like, there's no Santa Claus. Like I just never, it was a, it was a known thing in my household. There is no Santa Claus. I'm the one buying these presents for you. Be appreciative. I was like, okay. <laughs> so when we moved to the States, I was like already six years old. I already knew no Santa. It's it's just my mom and my dad. But then I go to kindergarten and all of the other American kids are like Santa this and Santa that. And then the Polar Express came out not too long after that. And I'm like, oh, I no. want to hear the bells. I want to hear the Christmas bells. I don't believe in Santa oh. Claus. And I kind of wish I did now. <laughs> that was the only time I felt like that though. Because at least when I grew up, like none of it went away because of that. Because I know with a lot of kids, like how you were describing Josie, like as soon as you figured out that Santa wasn't real, that magic started slipping away. But because I always knew that he wasn't real and I always knew that it was my parents going above and beyond doing all this stuff for me and for the holidays, like it made me kind of appreciate it all the way through adulthood. And frankly, I became a mom very young. I was 23 when I had Theo. And I'm barely 25 going on 26 now. So I'm not old by any means. So I haven't really had time to lose it. And by the time maybe I would have lost my Christmas spirit, I had kids. So I had to then make Christmas magic for my kids. Um, so I've kind of always been excited for Christmas. Um, I worked in retail all throughout college. So I was very much you know, putting up all the Christmas decor in all the stores and, and getting into Christmas all the time. And... I think it is a lot more special now that we have kids um, because seeing it through their eyes is just indescribable, honestly. Having having them open their gifts, or at least Theo, because this is going to be Sophia's first Christmas. Um, but having him open his gifts and like get so excited and see the Christmas tree. And like this year, he actually decorated it with us. It was It's really, really sweet. But I'm taking a little bit more of my childhood traditions by not believing in Santa and... I'm passing that down to Theo. I know that's controversial, but I don't, I never did believe in him and I didn't feel like I was missing anything aside from the whole Norse, you know, the Polar Express thing. But my husband did. He believed in Santa Claus and his family does Santa Claus for all the kids for, you know, like the first few years. And he doesn't really feel any way. He was like, I didn't really care either way. Like I was kind of bummed when I found out. But then I was like, okay, well, I still get presents, right? So we just he just kind of carried on his merry way. So I figured that I could do the same thing for them and just be honest. Like, Santa's a character. If you want to believe in him, like we, you know, talk about different TV show characters. Um, I mean, he at this point, he believes in Buzz Lightyear more than he believes in Santa Claus. <laughs> That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> um, it's still magical for him. Just because it's not real doesn't mean that he can't have fun with it. And like, he's been seeing Santa at Target and, you know, whenever we go out and he's like, Santa, Santa. And I'm like, yeah, that's Santa Claus. How cool. But I'm not going to tell him that he's the one giving him presents, you know? So I don't think that those things have to be mutually exclusive, like he exclusive. He can still think that Santa is cool and that it's a part of Christmas, but his parents are the ones that are putting in all this effort to make Christmas magical for him. I think that's an important point for the holidays. For me specifically, I like to give credit where credit is due. I love that. I love that so much because I just, I feel like we can't underestimate the power of a kid's imagination. Like he's still going to feel the magic and feel like yeah. it's like all around him anyway. So that's so cool. Once you get to the brass tacks of Santa and his story anyways, it's, you know, it's a little weird. <laughs> it's weird. If you think it about is. it, it's maybe a little more comforting to a kid to be like, oh, mom and dad know what I like and buy me these presents. And that's so great. We appreciate versus like some strange man coming down your chin chimney, eating your food, leaving you some random stuff. Like it's kind of weird. I mean, so uh, me and my, my siblings, we would like put our Santa, our list for Santa up on like the family, you know, tack board. And like my brother and I, we had like code for Santa and it was like 
pink highlighter means you can find it online. (laughs) Blue highlighter means you can find it at this mall. Like, I mean, we were typing out like, or not typing, but writing out full hyperlinks. Like it was thorough (laughs) because I was like, there, if you like, there should be no excuse as to why it shouldn't be under this tree. Like, You are thorough as hell. It puts a lot of pressure on parents. I mean, I think about that, like hopefully becoming a parent one day, it's like, you are very thorough, Andy, but what if your kid isn't so forthcoming with what they want? Or like many little kids, they like change their mind and then they like secretly want something, you know, Christmas Eve and it's not their Christmas day. Like how disappointing, like, but what are you supposed to do? I mean, I think my mom, when I was little, was like one of those moms that was like running around town trying to find like a Tickle Me Elmo, like those, you know, gifts that fly off the shelves that you can't get. And it's like, the holidays are busy enough. Like, to feel so much pressure to fulfill your child's like ultimate dream of a gift. When in the reality is like, there's only so many made. There's only so many to find when, you know, they're selling out online, they're selling out in stores. It's really hard. Yeah, totally. I do love now that I'm like older, I'm making my own money. Like I get to turn it back and like give my parents something. Like I always get like such a kick out of like, And my parents don't ask for a single thing. Like they don't care. They're like, we just want to see you guys, you know, send, send a pic. (laughs) (laughs) That's good enough. But just being able to like really think about like the things that they like and be able to like give back in any way. Just, I see the, like, when I was a kid, I never once thought about giving anyone anything, but, (laughs) but now that I'm older, like I totally see the joy, like from a parent's perspective, even though I'm not a parent, but like just seeing that thought is being put into a gift to give back to someone I love. I just like, that's also really fun too. I could see you being a great gift giver. Oh my God, Julia. Thank you. I, I like to like go for, I really like think about it. I go down to the birth charts, you know me. So <laughs> I like, really, what will they like? Like I want, I want to choose something that like they, it may not necessarily have been on their list, but I, it's like, you said this one thing months ago and it stuck with me. And so is gift giving your love language? It's not my love language. It's actually like, as far as gifts go, like people giving me gifts, like that's like the least on my list. But like, I mean, I'm not going to turn down a gift, but like, it's not my number one. <laughs> You're more <laughs> but of a I, giver I, I, than receiving and love language. For sure. Yeah. But even more so like acts of service. Like I love just like, I live to serve. <laughs> like, do you need anything? Like, how can I provide? It's funny. Like me and my friends will be like in our friend group, they call me the gatherer. <laughs> I just, I'm here to gather everyone. That's so wholesome and sweet. <laughs> yeah. So it takes a lot of thoughtfulness to be someone, like you said, Andy, like who's in, who's like, is a great listener and a thoughtful person to hear some, somebody say like, oh, I would like that. Or, oh, that's so cool. Or, oh, I enjoy that. And then like, file it away for six months down the line. Like I am not that person. And I don't know why it took me so many years to wise up to be like, I need to start a gift ideas note in my phone. And when people say random things, like jot it down because I had like a little breakdown about gift giving one year. It was like December 23rd. And I I think it was like three or four years ago. Sorry, mom, if you're listening, this is about you. But I like, I was not smart or strategic about like coming up with gift ideas or thinking about gift giving. And I was at that age, like 26, 27, maybe we're like, I'm old enough. I'm making money. I need to buy people, you know, nice Christmas gifts. And, um, I think I literally, it was like December 15th and I'm like, Oh shoot, Christmas is in 10 days. Like, what am I getting people? And then I started buying some obvious, not inspired gifts for like my dad or my sister or my husband. And then I don't know. My mom was at like the end of my list and I didn't know what to get her. And I literally went to Macy's on like December 23rd, right before I was flying home. And I was like, so overwhelmed. There were like a million people last minute shopping. And I was like, what do I get her? Like a robe as if I like, don't know the woman. I haven't known her my whole life. Like I had no ideas. And I bought her like some random purple robe and like the wonderful mother she is Christmas day. She was like, this is great. And then I think she was like, okay, this is so random, but Um, It was the thought that counted, but ever since then, that was my aha moment. Ever since then, I'm like, I have to listen to people. I have to write down things along the way as I see them. So I'm not that girly on December, you know, 15th being like, what do I buy people? 
because you're not frantic at Macy's trying to find the purple robe. <laughs> no, can't be frantic yeah. at Macy's. I broke down and cried because I was just like so overwhelmed. And I was like, what do I buy her? Like, what do I get? So silly. Steph, I feel like you're a really good gift giver. Obviously, you probably have to be now as a mom, but like you seem like someone who who like is like Andy, like takes time, thinks about it, which I'm not good at. I need your guys' tips. But what are you like with gift giving? I'm I'm just like Andy, honestly. Like I keep mental notes. Oh, oh, you said you wanted that? Okay, don't worry. I gotcha. So I'm very much <laughs> detailed like that. I think gift giving is like my second love language, receiving and giving. I'm not gonna not gonna lie. I love get, getting a good gift. You go, if girl. my husband goes to Target and he doesn't bring me home something, even if it's just a chocolate bar, I'm offended. <laughs> like, actually offended. I'm like, you didn't get me anything? What? Turn back <laughs> At around. At this point, 10 years later. back to Target. Exactly. 10 years later, he knows. Like, you got to get me something. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I also love giving them. So anything that I can see that I'm like, oh my God, that looks just like Frankie. Or it looks just like my mom. My mom would love that. Um, I'm very much into giving gifts like that. And now that I'm obviously more of an adult making money, like they're getting a little bit more extravagant here and there whenever I can afford it. Our sitter's actually Frankie's grandmother. Um, she's been watching Theo since he was like four months old. So I just got her this gorgeous locket and I'm going to put, um, I engraved it like Grammy, you know what they call her. I'm going to put their pictures in there. Like I'm just very much into giving people gifts that are like either engraved or customizable or something that I know they would really, really love. I don't know. And how many times like we've had pictures taken of us, like me and my husband or the family pictures, and I just give those as gifts. Um, so a bunch of people in the family, cause like, you know, when you're younger and you're broke, you don't really know what you can afford, but I always made a point to like, okay, they're going to love pictures of us, especially if it's grandparents. Um, they're going to love like things that have our touch in them. And it's not just something that I went and picked up, you know, anywhere. So I'm very much into gift giving. I love that. This year, I'm a little late. I will say I just started buying late? gifts. I usually have to... I am like when you have like, (laughs) (laughs) I have like 30 people in my family. I need to like get on it. (laughs) But yeah, it is currently November 10th and we are recording this episode. So, so (laughs) everyone everyone listening to be like, I'm stressed. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I can tell there's only four paychecks left, people. Yeah. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh, you are on it, Steph. When you put it like that, I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> There's right. four paychecks right. left, people. I go by the paychecks. That's when I got the money. That's when I buy the present. All right. <laughs> I also would love to know your guys' like what stresses you out about the holidays because I think I, I mean we don't talk about it enough. Like it it obviously is the magical, amazing, wonderful time. Like I love the holidays, but but it also is a really stressful time and like sad time, lonely time. Is there anything either like maybe it's just this year that you're kind of stressed about coming up? Maybe it's something that like year after year is like maybe your least favorite part or anything you have. Like I really have so much like perfectionism, which is a whole other different issue. But like, I just think that there's a lot with the holidays that it's not talked enough about that it, it is hard for a lot, a lot of people. So if you guys want to share, like what is stressing you out? What is the most stressful part of the holidays for you? We kind of talked it a little, talked about it a little bit before, but I feel like the hardest part for me, especially, I think I mentioned that I am like a people pleaser and just really want, you know, everyone to like me and be happy. I think the hardest part for me is juggling kind of people's hopes or expectations with like what you're, where you're going or what you're doing for the holidays. I, um, I live in Chicago. My family, I'm originally from Buffalo. So my parents are out of town. My husband's family is in Chicago. So it's it's hard. And when we um, got married, so you were kind of saying before, Josie, that like before um, or, you know, with you and your boyfriend, you do holidays separate, right? Do you still do that? Yeah. Like with your own families? Yes. And, and Louie, my dog, goes with my boyfriend because we are like gone too much with my family. So it's tough. More so because I'm missing my dog. You don't even get Louie? I don't get Louie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One year, hopefully, but yeah. yeah. So Matt and I were kind of similar where we, you know, in all the years that we were dating, we, you know, kind of did our own things for the holidays. Um, and then when we got engaged, it was like, oh, shoot, like now that we're engaged, should we do holidays together? And it was, it was new. I mean, there's different phases of life that you 
just navigate as they come up. And we kind of decided, I think we definitely did some engaged holidays, like Thanksgiving or Christmas still separately. But then when we got married, it was like, okay, we're our own family unit now. And we decided to try to switch on and off. So we'll do Thanksgiving with, you know, my family, for example, and then Christmas with his. And then next year, flip-flop them. So far, we've been able to maintain that schedule. And that is pretty good because we kind of just set that year one. And then, you know, parents and families on both sides kind of knew what our, you know, deal was. And I think so far we haven't had any like exceptions to that, except this year we're doing something really fun and exciting and different, which is my in-laws were so nice to invite my parents and my sister to Florida for thank for Christmas. Sorry. So we're all my husband's family, my husband and I, and then my family, we are all doing Christmas together in Florida this year. So that, I mean, not only will it be like not a snowy, cold, wintry Christmas, which is different. I've never done. Well, actually, I think I did do a Christmas in Florida once when I was little, but yeah, we're going to be in warm weather and we're all going to be together, which I'm super excited about. I think I'm really lucky that my in-laws and my family get together so well. Like my mother-in-law and my mom are like besties, text all the time, like really love each other. So it's super nice, but it's, it's going to be a little bit of a different thing this year. And I don't know if it'll spark like, you know, a different tradition in years to come. It'll be exciting, but it's hard, whatever scenario you're in. I think, you know, over time you think you have these traditions or these plans that, are evergreen. Like you'll do this every year. It's just what you do, but that's not life. Like life changes and, you know, phases come and go and you kind of have to, to adapt over time. And I'm sure if we have kids one day, it'll change again. So, um, yeah. I mean, do you guys, have you had like holiday plans or traditions that without fail you've done every year or have things kind of changed over time? I feel like things have just like changed over time with me, especially like going to college in LA and like living in LA, like just being so like on the literal other end of the country has just like made it hard. I feel like for me, my hardest thing is like, this sounds super like depressing, but like some, something about the holidays just like makes me think like my parents are getting older and like, it just like makes me want to spend as much time as possible with them. So I always, I am 26 years old and I still cry every single time I leave my parents blubbering like a baby so my parents have always been super supportive of all of us like living far apart they want us to travel they want us to like do it big so there's something about it that makes me like remember like they're getting older so I need to like it just it's also a good reminder to like make more of an effort to make those phone calls to like do those check-ins to you know keep the family group chat active and alive which we do but yeah I get really sad leaving my family whenever I do have to leave them. It's a privilege to like move far away from your family and, and like, you know, follow your dreams or go live where you want to live. But sometimes people don't talk about how hard it is too. Yeah. It's, I feel the same way, Andy, every time it's so wonderful every time I'm with my family and I see them often, but it doesn't make the end of a trip and the leaving any easier. I I feel like it's, it's interesting because when I was 18, I was like, I can't wait to live so far away. They won't know what I'm doing, like blah, blah, blah. And now I find myself like, okay, like when am I moving back to the East Coast? Because like, it doesn't feel natural to be that far away from your family. So I feel like that's what makes the holidays a really hard time is because there is that like, it serves as such a reminder either of like time passing in like a very sad way of, of yeah, it is like the reminder of like the people you love are getting older, like especially with parents, grandparents. And then also it, it's like it it has this interesting way of highlighting also who you're missing too. Like it it feels like you yeah. feel absences stronger. And and that yep. definitely is a really, really hard part of the holidays. What about you, Steph? What's your like most stressful part for you? My parents and I moved here to, uh, together just by ourselves, us three. Um, when I was so young. And most of my childhood, we missed all of our family every holiday. So we would have to celebrate here while everybody else was back home on the island. And as a kid, like the loneliness of not having family around was pretty much like present year round, but it was especially poignant around the holidays because that's all what the holidays are about, right? You know, being with your family, celebrating your family and your love for each other. 
So it was really difficult being a kid and not being able to see anybody that you know we love. And then you make friends when you move, but a lot of the times your friends end up going with their families. Um, your family friends have their own parties. And especially when you have a good relationship with your family, that's that's another thing because the holidays can also be hard when you don't have a good relationship with your family and it becomes more stressful than it is happy. And I know there's a lot of people out there that can identify with that without going into too much detail. I know that I know people personally that get more stressed out when it comes to like family activities around the holidays because they have to go see people that they're not really interested in seeing or there's a lot of family trauma or childhood trauma that they have to deal with whenever they're around their families. So the holidays in that sense aren't magical and they aren't happy in that sense, you know? So either way, whether you're missing your family or you just straight up don't want to see them, the holidays are not always, you know, filled with all this joy. So I think it's always important to be mindful of of either either situation for sure. Yeah, it totally is. And thank you for bringing that up too. As long as there's some like sense of like a support system somewhere, like I very big on like family doesn't have to be blood. You know, I feel like I've created a family of my own since living in Los Angeles. I have like some of the greatest friends in the entire world. And had I not had them, like my time here, like I don't think I would have been okay mentally just being so far away from family. So I just think having like some sort of home base or like safe space with people is like huge, especially during the holidays. Cause it's just, if you don't have that, like if you don't have a strong family unit, it's just like another reminder that like people are with loved ones that like you don't necessarily have. And it's, yeah. So it, it can be a little bit of a bummer. That's a really good advice to kind of like make your own family and, and family doesn't have to be blood. So whether it is you're not with your family, yeah. maybe it's you, you don't want to be with your family. It's like building that source around you where you can focus on that and making traditions with that core group of people. I think that that's really important. I think too, given the last few years, I mean, there were difficult aspects, I think for everyone. And I'm sure there were people, you know, given COVID or not that have spent holidays alone. And that's really hard. And I think, you know, we've just spent the last hour talking about like making magic for each other and families and being together and what the holidays are all about. But if you're alone at the holidays, like that's okay too, whether you choose to be or whether you, you know, wish you were with loved ones or friends or family or whatever the situation is. Like, I think normalizing talking about that and, and, you know, people go through that and that's okay. And it might be a season of life. It might not be every year. It might be a different holiday season than what you experienced last year or what you'll experience next year. But I think just if you are in that situation, don't be afraid to make magic for yourself. Like you are the most important person in your life and go cut down a Christmas tree, go, you know, like make a awesome little snuggly, cozy movie night at home and watch your favorite holiday movie. Like do the traditions that you did, you know, even if it's by yourself or with a different group of people than you thought it, you know, would be, I think making magic for yourself, whatever that means to you during the holidays is totally doable and something we should all do. I love that, Julia. I love make, make magic for you. That should be like the the slogan. Actually, I will make that the, the little <laughs> logo of the podcast episode. Cause that's so good to make magic for you. Actually, it reminds yeah. me of, I just, I feel like with the holidays, there's this expectation of how it's supposed to be. So then when you don't yeah. have like the quote expectations, when you're not with this huge family and it's this happy time that you see on Hallmark movies, like it's not that, which most of us, we don't have that. But when you don't have that, I kind of feel like we go into like survival mode of like, you, you feel sad. You just try to get through it. And I actually like something my therapist said to me years ago has stuck with me since of these kind of things where when we get in the headspace of, you know, we're lacking something like that, it's, it's not how it's supposed to look, quote, supposed to look. Then we get into like the, I, I got just got to get through it. Like I, it's, it's causing me suffering. And my therapist would always say to me, right now you're living to survive it live. So you actually enjoy it. So like, even if it is a really hard time, instead of thinking, let me just power through this, which is like for like, that is a huge win to power through it, especially to power through a hard time to power through the holidays, but also exactly like you're saying, Julia, but how can you also make it enjoyable too? like that for me always kind of flips the switch in my head of like, 
okay, I'm in survival mode. How can I step myself out of survival mode, remove the the expectations, remove the perfection, remove the feeling of lack and just live it like I'm living it to enjoy it, which is what all of us are living for. But is there anything else you guys want to end on? Any like final piece of, of wisdom? You guys all have so much wisdom. <laughs> what is something that helps you stay sane and less stressed during the holidays? Like any kind of tips or last minute advice you want to leave our audience? I just want to think about like who I was when I was six years old and 12 years old and like what Christmas meant to me, how it felt like close my eyes and almost like in the movie get out when he's like hypnotized and he's like, you know, like I want to feel that. And what am I smelling? What am I tasting? What am I hearing? Like, just like do what my 12 year old me or six year old me did during Christmas. Like what made me like so happy. I just like want to think about my inner child a lot. This through the end of this year is just like, would my 12-year-old self, my six-year-old self look at my 26-year-old self and be like, you're doing it. <laughs> I think I just want to like really tap into who my inner child was and heal her and make her feel happy and joyful because that's like genuinely what the holidays is all about. I love that, Andy. I actually love that too, because I know we were talking about like being able to be a parent and like that you can have this new magic again, but there's also a lot of parenting we can do to ourselves. So I I think that's like so beautiful. I love that. What about you, Steph? Yeah, I think think, Andy, that's a really good point because when you're a parent, you're in a very unique position to heal your inner child through your child. So being able to see what your kid, what or being able to envision what you want your kid to remember for the holidays. Um, and whether that's like what you remember or things that you didn't get to experience and then being able to enact that through your kids, it's, it's also really healing as a parent. I know for both me and my husband, like being able to see, see Theo do things or experience things, um, in a new way. It's just, it's really eye opening. And it gives us a lot of motivation for the holidays to be able to make it special for him. Because honestly, making it special for him also makes it special for us. Because we're we're kids too. I mean, not just our age, because we're both young, but also because we've been kids and we were kids and and we had bad holidays and we had good holidays. and, And we also deserve to feel the magic that our kids are feeling. And we deserve to experience Christmas the way that we did when we were children or the way that we didn't when we were children. We, ex- we deserve to experience it the same way that they are. Um, so whenever I have, you know, activities in mind for him, whether it's baking cookies or watching Christmas movies, it's not just for him, you know, it's, it's for both of us. It's for all of us as a family to, you know, obviously remember this together, but it's to give ourselves joy as well. I think it's really important in that way as a parent and as an adult in general. I think treating yourself like you would uh, your kid or like you would when you were a kid. That's so powerful. That's so powerful. What about you, Julia? Not to quote myself, but I feel like when I said said a couple minutes ago is like what you guys are saying too, like making magic for yourself, whatever that means for you. I mean, yes, the holidays can be really tough and they're not always, you know, a wonderful time for for everyone. And we totally acknowledge that. But I think it is rare that like we all come together in a season, whether you celebrate Christmas or not, like to come together at the end of the year and celebrate new beginnings with New Year's and the holidays and think about like what what they're all about. They're about togetherness, whether that's family, friends, or even, you know, by yourself, like just cherishing this time of year when we're all kind of coming together and thinking about the magic of a new year and reflecting on what this year was. And maybe that's like through gifts or doing fun activities or watching movies or carrying on traditions, but do whatever makes you feel good and just like honor that and embrace this special time because, you know, before we know it, it's going to be February and it's going to be kind of cold in some places we live. And not you, Josie and Andy too. And Steph, what the heck? I'm like, yeah, it's just you. The, I'm going to be in the Chicago tundra for the next five, six months. <laughs> Anyways. Um, yeah. You know, it's how, whatever you do, however you celebrate, I think that we can all agree. It can be a special time of year if you embrace it um, with whatever that means to you. So 
Let's just all make magic for ourselves, ladies. <laughs> love, it. <laughs> love it. I love you guys. This was so fun. Thank you guys so much yeah. for coming on and joining me. I knew we would have a blast. It's been such a treat and happy holidays. Thank you, Josie. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 